you guys a little bit about Galatians. So when Paul wrote Galatians, he wasn't like, hey, guys, I'm just coming to the church and just, this is my daughter saying, dude, I just love you guys, and I just have some things to say to you, and I just, you know, you're doing a good job, but that's not how Paul came. Paul never comes like that. He's Paul. <laughs> he comes scary. I mean, he's been stone whipped, beaten. When He's not someone that, he ain't got no happy little resting face. That's probably scary. He's coming out, and you're thinking, where's my wallet? You know, like if you don't know him and he's coming towards you, I mean, I could just imagine, you know. So Paul is writing this because he had been traveling around and he had been um, sharing the gospel of Jesus, planting churches, helping people establish churches in all these different areas. And um, Paul's kind of mad now because what happened is he shared about Jesus, he planted, he gave them the truth, and they started letting the law come back in. And Paul's like, what are you doing? You are free, and you're putting yourself back in bondage. So this is kind of how he's writing. He's writing to believers, people that say, oh, I know Jesus. I've accepted him. I live for him. So this is who he's writing to. So I want to talk about the what, who, and how of Galatians. So the first thing is what we believe. So in Galatians 2, if you like to follow along, if you like to listen, you can do both. Galatians 2.16, it says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. He's reminding them, you are saved only by Jesus. Not, you may do a hundred good things a day, and one, someone else over here may do one good thing a day in the law, and you are both under the same blood. It is Jesus. It is faith in Jesus alone. So we believe that. We believe it is in Jesus alone. It's not, you know, I did enough good things to get to heaven or I didn't do enough good things to get to heaven. It's we believe in Christ. We believe in him alone. And so these people in Galatia, the area, the region, they were coming to the faith, acknowledging Christ and being like, oh, my gosh, I'm a new person. Like, this is so different. And they're acknowledging Christ, accepting him. They're building communities. They're building churches to, to spread the gospel. And all of a sudden, the leaders of these churches, so Paul comes in. He's very, you know, bold, charismatic. You know, God came right to him and spoke to him. Jesus came to him and was like, hey, you're going to lead my people, and you're going to build my church, and, and you're going to tell people about me. So he comes in, and it's really exciting. When someone is, is in your church, like when we had Jonathan last week, it was really awesome, wasn't it? Because, you know, he's a guest. He's coming. He's given everything he has. He doesn't have to see you tomorrow. <laughs> you don't have to see him tomorrow. You know what I mean? So he can just deposit the word, and he goes home. So that's kind of Paul. He's depositing. He's going to other places. He's entrusting them to their leaders. And what began to happen, mainly because a lot of them that were leading the, the churches that have been po popped up and grown, they, had, they understood Jewish culture or they were Jewish. So they started saying, well, we know it's Christ alone but can we make these people start doing what we like to do under the law? And so Paul gets, he, he gets word of this. So he writes them some letter like, what are you doing? I made it, Jesus made it easy. I told you it's simple. And now you're like, let's go back to these 613 laws and make them do it. And if they don't, they're going to feel shame and they're not going to feel good enough. And they're going to be afraid of hell when Christ already paid for all that. What are you doing? So I wouldn't want to be the pastor of the church at that moment. <laughs> But you know what? They did right. They did right by their people, right? So, 
And I just want you to realize works are good. It's good. It's good to do what God's called you to do, right? Yeah. I, your family is probably happy if you go out and you bring an income in for your family, right? It, it's good to serve and, and um, help in ministry and preach the gospel and do all these things. These are all good things that we do. Works are good, but what it is is it's, we add to them because it builds a kingdom. We do works because of what was freely given, and we do them because of love. So when we want to build the kingdom, we have salvation and righteousness, and it is not tied to the works. Salvation and righteousness are tied to Christ, and we do works out of love and not obligation. When we, when we do works out of obligation, that becomes religion. How many of you guys go to work because you have to? How many of you guys come here because you have to? I thought maybe I'd get some teenagers. <laughs> I thought maybe I'd get some like I like to sleep in. No, we don't have to. We choose to, right? Because we love each other. We love the community. We see that God has a plan and a purpose. I'll deal with that one later. Um, I'm preaching two weeks in a row, so you're going to have So we do it out of love and not obligation. If you ever come here like, oh, my gosh, I hate coming here, but I, I have to. I have to serve these people. can't stand it. Stay home. Stay home because you're going to bring in something that is not from the Lord. He's not the author of, of negativity. He's not the author of, of anger and strife and, and discord and all that other junk. But, see, we don't have anybody. Nobody raised my hand. My husband was joking, if you guys don't understand his um, sense of humor. They can't get in without us. Hey, but if we didn't show up, they could have it on the lawn, couldn't you? That's right. So let's keep going. So if you want Galatians 17, so we're talking about that. It says, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. He's saying, but what if we still sin? Does that mean Christ is in charge? It's like, no, we have flesh. For if I build again those which things are destroyed, I make myself a transgression, saying, if you're going to make yourself go back under the law and do these things, you're saying, well, Christ authored that. Mm -mm. So, for I thought the law died to the law, that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live is in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, I do not set aside the grace of God. When you're reading that, I do not set aside the grace of God. When you say it's works that get me there, you set aside the grace of God in what Christ did. For it is righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Because we know that righteousness doesn't come from doing everything right. It comes from Christ. So if we believe that we have been, if we believe that we have to keep the law, things like get circumcised, can't eat pork, all the things that were in there, like how many guys like bacon? You know, if it was, if we were under the law, we'd all be going to hell, right? Because we love bacon. Like, you know what? We don't spend eternity in heaven. Sorry, you, you had breakfast this morning. That's it. No, it's not like that because we're not under the law, all these 613 laws. If, if we don't keep them, then we would not be saved. 
That's why Jesus came to be the ultimate sacrifice. Otherwise, we would have to keep all 613 laws, and any time we broke one, we would have to sacrifice us. And some of us don't live on farms. We don't have just goats and sheep just walking around <laughs> to do a sacrifice all the time. I mean, you guys might be okay. but <laughs> I'm just joking because they have, they have a lot of goats. Okay. Um, that was just a joke. I'm not Christ alone, okay? Um, so, but if we believe the word, we know that it is through Christ we are saved. Our righteousness is not about ethics. It's not even about our character. Righteousness is meeting the standard of doing good deeds in word and action of God. Now we look at that and think, I don't meet that standard. You're right, you don't. I don't either. Because we can't do that. How many of us can meet the standard of God 100% of the time? I didn't see any hands. You guys did good on that one. Okay. Yeah, we can't. We never can. So that's why our faith in Christ Jesus is what we believe because he is the standard. Jesus is the standard for righteousness. And because he gave his life for us, we now have, that's how God sees us through his righteousness. Not through our works and our actions does God see our righteousness. He sees it through the blood and not works or the law. How many of you guys are happy about that? done a few things that maybe you're not proud of. The older you get, the more you have. <laughs> the older they get, the quicker you realize it too. And the more you have, the more that you know you need to be forgiven. So, because Jesus, he's 100% good. He's 100% 100% ethical. His character is flawless. So that's the righteousness we get to receive. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's good. I am really glad because his character is a lot better than my character, right? So when God looks at me, he's like, oh, my gosh, you're so righteous because he sees me through the blood because I've given my life to Christ, and he said that I'm going to make you a new person. He comes and lives on the inside of me. He gives me the helper, the Holy Spirit. So now I even have the desire to do things, actions, all, all of my works actually become, I want to do what he does because he lives on the inside of me, right? Which brings us to the who. I want to talk about who God is and why he would give us Jesus. As parents, I'm thinking I'm a parent. Would I be like, oh, yeah, you guys are so great. I want to give one of my children up for you. No. I'll be like, not you, not you. Maybe you, but not these, you know. But God didn't do that. He saw our goodness. He saw the wickedness. And he said, for everybody. Now, don't be thinking in your head, but think about the worst person maybe that there ever was. I'm not, don't put a face to him, but like things that would be evil in general. I don't want you to be like, oh, that's my neighbor. <laughs> not my neighbor. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Great neighbor. Neighbor as in just, you know. Um, but you know what I mean? And you start thinking about these, those things, and it's like, God gave Christ for them too. For them too. Because I want to tell you that God is a promise maker and a promise keeper. And he's a covenant God. Covenants cannot be broken. Because even if you break them, I think I was when I was going through this, I'm like, you know, there are things like marriages get broken, right? And we consider that a covenant. You may break it in the natural, but it does not get broken in the supernatural. There are things that you can never get back after you've been married, and, or things, right? 
There's covenants that just don't break. So God is a covenant God. He never breaks his covenants that he's made with us. And so um, because those are binding agreements with us, aren't they? God is so good. In Galatians 3, so we'll go to Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Amen. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. He's saying, I'm giving you the promise that I made, the beginning of time, and here he is. His name is Jesus. He's my son. So God promised us because he made that covenant. He didn't make that covenant way back with Adam and Eve, and then he looked at the wickedness of the world as it began to get all these evil things were happening and saying, you know what, I'm taking that back. I'm not doing that. I'm not saving humanity. I'm starting over. This isn't good. No, no, no. He kept his covenant, even though we continually, as mankind, did evil things. And God said, you know what, for them too, I'm sending my son. He made that covenant to send the forever sacrifice, the forever sacrifice, which is Jesus. So I'm just wondering, does that mean we can do whatever we want? Because, you know, like, we're, we're free from the law. You ever think like that? It's like, well, you know, I'm covered by grace. When someone does something that is sin and they say, well, I'm covered by grace, I'm like, well, you're acting like the devil. Because if you have the spirit of, of God living inside you, you will not tolerate sin either or try to cover it or try to hide it. You'll be like, I'm going to run right to the Lord and I'm going to get it redeemed. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redeem and, and God's going to do that. So we're not going to use grace as our crutch. Grace is something God extends to us. He's saying you're not going to get what you, you deserve because Christ already got what you deserved and he carried it for you. And so I want to talk about, but there are things that's like, well, should we not obey any of the laws? Like some of those laws were good, right? Like the Ten Commandments, that's good. I don't want you guys running around stealing from each other, right? That's a good thing. So in Matthew 5, 17, this is Jesus, so... Um, he's speaking, he says, do not think that I came to do, a, to do away with or undo the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. I did not come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. So we're supposed to keep the law, right? Is that what it says there? We actually are supposed to keep the law. But not all 613 laws. That's where it comes different. Do you guys realize? When he's talking about the law, he said what? The law of who? Moses, Moses, God gave Moses what? How many things? I just, if you do these 10 things, 10 things, okay? And they are all like, these are pretty, I mean, you got to really work to not do them. He's saying, that's all. That's all I came to fulfill, all of those things. So he came and he fulfilled the law and the prophecies about himself, um, which means he, he gave us the helper who then brings us the power. You're like, how do I? How do I keep these ten laws, and how do, I, how do I love people? And he's like, don't worry, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, which is your helper, and he comes with power so that you have the desire, you have the ability to keep the law, the prophecies, and prophesy, and, and you will be covered by the blood. Okay? Amen. All right. So that is what he did. Pretty easy. So I, I started thinking, I'm like, I've been preaching a long time. I've, I've been in children's church. I've done this, and I thought, I go, what are the Ten Commandments? I just, I'm like, Lord, I don't want to look it up. I want to try to do it. And I missed one. 
Um, <laughs> which I missed this one. It says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. But think about, even right now, I'm going to read them to you guys because I'm not going to make you say them because you'll be like, oh, no, I'm never coming back here. It's like a test. It's terrifying, right? You're thinking. But some of you are thinking right there, like, I have known the Lord for so long, and I have read his word, and I couldn't right now even tell you the Ten Commandments, right? And I thought that, and I thought, if I'm supposed to keep this law because it's covered by the blood and Jesus fulfilled it, I should know what it is. You know how we know what God wants us to do? It's in his word. So don't have other gods before him or beside him or anything. One God, that's it. He's the only God. Don't make idols. And I understand, I don't think any of you guys are out there, you know, with your kilns trying to make golden calves. But hand me that little box next to you, the red one. What are you talking about? Oh, my gosh. That's a phone. Well, I was trying to be cool, but you. How many guys? This has become your idol at times. Look, it's Layla. She was in her wedding dress. But how many of her, like, I can't get up and thank God in the morning, but I can scroll through this. And how many has this been an idol? Like, you try to, leave, you can leave your home without, I mean, I never leave my house without my phone because my Bible's on it, and I love it. But how many of you guys are like, oh, my gosh, where's my phone? Like, I don't care what's going on. Like, I, I mean, you're like, I might lose, I'll be late for work and lose my job. I don't care. Where's my phone, right? Yeah, that's an idol. Do you see how we think, well, I don't have any idols. Man, when I go to have Sunday fo football, I'm doing this, and I'm like, Come on, Lord, make us win. Whoop, there's my idol. So in that Ten Commandments, we need to think, what is an idol? It's not a golden calf. It's anything that we give glory and time to above the Lord. Um, don't take the Lord's name in vain. So we don't curse God. That doesn't mean, well, I'm just not going to say these swear words, but are you cursing God? Are you cursing God? Um, remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. Um, this one might be hard for you guys, but you shouldn't murder people. <laughs> Don't commit adultery. Do not steal. Here's one. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor. That means not just your neighbor, but other people. Don't lie to make yourself look better or to, or to puff yourself up. Do not covet. When something good happens to somebody, you should be happy along with them, not like, why do they always get everything good? We don't covet what they have. We, we rejoice when people rejoice, right? Some of them aren't easy to do. Like, you know, I haven't really been like, oh, man, I just, I just you know, got out of bed this morning, slipped and murdered someone. No, no, that, <laughs> that's, that's like a little harder to just happen, right? Needs some, but you know what? How easy is it to get up in the morning and scroll through your phone and have that little idol? That's a lot easier, isn't it? Because no one even sees you. No one, they're not have, I mean, so some of them are easier than others. But when we know what they are, we can be, that's what God's like, hey, recognize it. Recognize, know what my word says so that you can be prepared, you know, to know what I'm going to ask of you. So that's when we need to take every thought captive. How do we know if we are are listening to the Lord, if, if, we're, if we're living, if we have the Holy Spirit li living on the inside of us, that means when a thought comes, we take it captive and say, does this line up with the word of God? 
If it doesn't, we're like, that's not for me because I'm a, you know what? I'm in Christ. So if it's not from him, it's not for me. We take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, which he freely handed out to us, and he freely gave us free will. How many of you guys would be like, to a two-year-old, you know, I'm going to let you just do whatever you want today. No way. I had that happen in my house, and she was two, and my house got toilet papered while I took a nap. I thought, just do whatever you want. I'm too sick to care. And you know what? That was not a great choice. But he said, I'm going to give you free will. Look how good God is. He's like, yeah, you're probably going to mess up, and I still love you. You're going to probably turn your heart against me at times, and I still love you. You're going to make bad choices, and I still love you, and I want to give you the ability to do that. I don't want to make you love me. He's like, I don't want robots. So we know what God says. We know how to live according to his word. We know how to preach the gospel because we are renewed in the word of God. You take every thought captive, which because if you don't take thoughts captive, do you know what they turn into? Actions. You know, I've had people who have been on both sides. I've, I've counseled people who have been both sides of an adulterous relationship. You know, either they, they stepped out or they got stepped out on. And you know what? Every time, it never, it wasn't like, hey, I'm walking down the road and I just bumped into this new person. It's not like that. It takes, it starts with a thought, isn't it? And thought, every single time it started with a thought, well, they don't care about me as much. They haven't been making as much time for me. You know, if, well, if they would do this or if they would do that, it starts with a thought that becomes an action. And I just wanted to put that in there because we think, why do we have to take every thought captive? I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm just venting. I'm just, I'm just thinking about it. Your thoughts become actions, which then create the course of your life. Every action that you do starts with a thought. So if we want to be able to follow the word, to follow what God has, to follow the call that we have on our life, we have to take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ and submit it to his authority. So if you want to do that, you know the word, and, and you want to know the word, and you want to know the character of God, and the Father, and, and Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you can find that in the word of God. You know, we get up here, and, and we share, and we preach on Sunday, me and Matt, we do, we preach, and, you know, we give you some word and we give you um, just encouragement. But do you know where you can always find the word? I could probably get up here, do a whole message, and never even acknowledge Christ. And people be like, that's so good. Because we've gotten used to letting things tickle our ears and being like, oh, that was charismatic, that was good. It needs to be backed up with the word of God. Not, oh, that just made me feel good because, you know, the pastor was doing the right thing at the right time. And amen and hallelujah. And they're saying the right words. And I'm just charismatic, so y'all just start falling along. <laughs> but how many times you go to church like that? And, like, I've had people come to me, like, I got saved, like, 15 times in my life. By the time they came here, they're like, I went up for every single altar call. I'm like, why? You know you only do that once. They're like, everyone else was doing it. I just did it. I'm like... See, that's where it's like you're following the spirit of man and not the spirit of God. So we need to know what the spirit of the Lord is, and that's in his word, which shows us his character, which then reveals the Holy Spirit. So then we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit because we know the word of God. Right? Amen? That's good. We want the word of God. Look how big your Bible is. You guys both have big Bibles. Your Bible's bigger than my Bible. <laughs> I'm like, that's so funny. 
I, I rarely carry a paper Bible anymore because I love having the word with me all the time. Can't fit one. <laughs> Have you seen the size they make women's jeans? You can't carry a Bible. <laughs> now, men's pockets, maybe you could carry a paper Bible. Um, but we want the word of God. So I'm thinking about that, and I'm thinking, if I want to live according to God's word, and I want my life to follow you know, we talked a couple weeks ago. It's like, if I'm continually in the same spot in my life and I don't like it, I need to look at whose foundation I'm on. And if I don't know what God's foundation is, what Christ's foundation is, we're not going to know. Oh, God doesn't want that for me. And then we just keep doing the same thing over and over. So let's, let's just take one of the Ten Commandments and let's look at this um, as an example. So let's just do keep the Sabbath. So Sunday, coming to church, spending time with the Lord, worshiping him, so we're going to talk about, what is it? Okay, it says keep the Sabbath. That means to honor God, give him praise, rest in his grace, and don't forsake the assembly. How many of you guys know what the assembly is? This. <laughs> He's saying, so God's saying go to church, worship me, not a pastor, not a denomination, like worship me, the living God, right? So when we sing worship and you're like, I don't really like that song, I don't care. It's not for you, it's for God, isn't it? It, you don't come to worship so that you feel good about yourself. How many of you guys feel good, though, when you're worshiping God? I love it. I mean, I just feel it because he, he's just so loving back towards us. But we come here to worship him. And so that's what the word of God says. Now, um, if we looked at that, don't, don't keep the Sabbath. If you went under the law and you said, okay, I got to keep the Sabbath by these 613 laws, we would not able to lift a finger you couldn't drive here you couldn't eat you couldn't prepare food so it's like you got to have everything prepared and it's basically got to be like oops they fell into this food. I mean you can't do anything you can't they they take it literally like we really don't even want you standing up moving around doing anything you know basically you know that they believed you know you can't heal people on the Sabbath they were telling God he couldn't heal people on the Sabbath the law told God is that really weird it's in the Bible how the law told God he couldn't heal on Sabbath and how do I know that the law said that because it's in the Bible Jesus healed someone and they're like you can't do that <laughs> that's one of the laws and Jesus is like well I asked the dad and he said it was okay <laughs> but how do I know that that's how do I know that that's what the law was trying to do? Did I just think it up or I just look at culture? No, I found it in God's word, and so I know that it means to keep the Sabbath does not mean to keep the 613 laws. It means to honor and glorify God and give him time. Um, how do I know that I'm supposed to go to church? And I mean little c church, not just like, I can have church at my dryer where I'm folding the clothes. No, you can have fellowship with the Lord. You cannot have church there. Church is the assembly. God said it. He said it in Hebrews 10. If you're like, I don't know where that is. Hebrews 10. There you go. And, you know, I'm not saying like, oh, my gosh, you weren't here this week. That's it. You know, don't get legalistic. I'm saying is we know that because God said that because he said that's for you. I'm giving you a family, a kingdom, a community, because when you come, you deposit something. And when you come, you receive something. But how do we know that? Because the word of God says. 
So I think that's where like none of us are forced to come to church because we understand what we receive from that and what we give. And it has become like, my family needs me. I have something that God gave me that this unique body has come together and given. That's good. But see, we just took that commandment. It's like, how do we do that? We have to know the word of God. Because his burden, the burden is easy and light when we realize, you know, God already gave us all truth, all direction. I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. It's in God's word. He gave us all power. We are not victims. We don't have to be in that victim mentality like, oh, just everything bad just happens to me and, and this church hurt me. If, if you have church hurt, that's immaturity. People hurt you, but God never did. Christ never did. So if you're still stuck on that, be like, I got to grow up a little bit. Because Christ is not hurting you. He would never do that. God would never do that. He would never cause offense in you. So if it's an offense, that might be towards man. And then God says, guess what it says? In God's word. So then maybe you are offended. I didn't like that she was up there stomping her feet in her heels. So I'm not coming back. I'm not doing this. She was jumping around. Okay. So he got offended. So then you go back to the word and say, what am I supposed to do? Oh, it says forgive seven times. Oh, no, no, 70 times, 490 times a day. Who has the time to even be offended that many times a day? If you meet, that'd be exhausting. And further that, if you know the word, it's like, man, I don't know. I didn't understand that. Maybe I had some trauma and it hurt me. So then it says go to that person. You know when you said that, it hurt my feelings. Or, you know, that just really bothered me and, that, and it gives that person the opportunity to repent because most of the time most of the time people that you're offended at they don't even know that you they hurt you they're just going around sometimes when I say things I'm like I know that's really intense I'm not yelling at you and they're like okay like I'm I'm just an intense person so I I just say that but you know but go to the word and say how do I clean that up God's got it all there he gave us all the direction because he is a promise maker and a promise keeper. He created Jesus, you know, which is a way he kept his promise, one of the ways he kept his promise. He sent us Jesus. He gave us the Holy Spirit um, to fulfill the law and, so that, and, and prophecy so that we could prophesy. Amen. That's good. Like we have the ability. He's like, now you fulfilled this. You have this. That means you before, you didn't even have the ability to follow the Ten Commandments. Do you know that they did not even have the ability? I mean, look, by the time Moses is up there talking to God, he's like, okay, God, what do you want to do? God's like, I just got ten short things. By the time they got down, Moses is like, are you kidding me? You already built a golden calf. Like, God just delivered us, did all these things, and here you are. I'm just trying to get the directions. By the time I get the directions out, get them back to you guys. Y'all have a golden calf here. So they, we could not do it. Even people who love the Lord could not even keep the ten commandments and he's like, that's why I'm sending Jesus. Because now you have the power through the Holy Spirit that you can. So when you're like, man, I just feel that this is a really hard burden to carry. Jesus, I need you. Holy Spirit, you got to direct me because my thoughts are going down the gutter. My thoughts are going you know, down negativity lane. 
But you said there is a way. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. So I'm going to walk where you walk. I'm going to go where you go. I'm going to cut the things off my life that keep me from doing that. I don't know where I'm going with that. When I say cut the things off the life, I don't mean people. Some people are like, yeah, I'm getting rid of them. Ha ha, putting up walls. No, 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 no. So if that was your first thought, God's saying cut the things off your life. So whenever I'm prejudging people, well, why can't they just get it together? Because they can't get it together because they have trauma and the Holy Spirit is healing them. Give them time to heal. Don't you judge the time for that. Let God do that. You might say, I'm going to love you from a little bit further distance, but I'm going to still love you. Right? Because we don't let people come in and just make a mess of our life. God doesn't want that either. He's not like, well, they're hurting so they can hurt you. No, 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 no. That's not an excuse. If they're hurting, God's like, we're going to get healed. We're going to get help. We're gonna, you're going to hear what God's word says. So, but begin to cut the things off your life. If it's like, you know, every time I go and waste my money here, you know, just bad things happen. Cut that off. Whatever's wasting your money. And I'm not, I'm not saying, oh my gosh, if you ever went to a casino. I'm not. I'm just saying, but if you go and you're like, I can't pay my bills because I went to the casino. Uh, maybe you need to cut the casino off. I'm not saying like, oh, I got a lotto ticket. We're, we're not legalistic like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you bought a lotto ticket. That's gambling. You're going to hell. Like, I don't see that in the 10, do I? I've bought lotto tickets for my kids, you know, and it's fun. They're like, I won $2. But, you know, I'm not wasting all my money and my kids can't eat, can't sleep, and don't have a house. That might be something. If, if you uh, have, a, have that, then it's like, nope, i got to cut that off, right? Because we got to cut off anything that does not prosper us into the kingdom. So I'm not talking about people because that's our first go-to. It's like i got to get everyone who's ever hurt me away from me because that's our natural flesh, right? I only want to keep people who say good things about me. But that's where we got to grow up. we got to grow up, right? Little kids say terrible things. When my kids were little, they get mad at me. This one would call me fat all the time. She'd be like, you're like this, you know? And she would be like, you're ugly. You're like, this one had the words. I was like, she knows the power. Lord, get her before the enemy does. I was like, and, and, and did. I mean, it's good. God did. Because I was thinking, Whew. I'm like, Lord, you told me. I prayed for girls so I wouldn't have a paw <laughs> in my mitt. You know what I mean? God laughed at that. But you see, like kids say terrible things sometimes when they're mad. Like your kids, how many guys have had teenagers? I hate you. You're a terrible mom. We never get to do anything. Oh, my gosh. All the other parents, let me do this. You don't let me. We still love them. Sometimes we're like, in the moment, we're like, Lord, I'm pretty sure that, that child is only from its fathers. <laughs> How many of you guys said that when your kid is acting up, and you're like, your child. <laughs> I renounce it. Your child. No, but do you see, we don't, we don't hold that against people. Does that make sense? Like, even though our kids, and I'm joking, they're, they're great kids and they're awesome. Well, they're adults now, almost both going to be married. So I'm going to, me and Matt, we talked about this, we're going to be the extended family. I'm like, I'm not going to cry, you're going to cry. <laughs> That's hard for us. And then, and then, of course, 
I'm gonna, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but this, I want to share this with you guys so that you guys can see. Because like, just because you think, oh, we got it all together. We don't got it all together. Things still hurt us. And Lana goes to me, we're in a fight one day. And when me and Lana fight, it's like a mirror because we're almost identical. And so we know exactly what will hurt the other person. <laughs> it's scary. How many of you guys, if you've been there, you're like, yeah, it's very, you know, but the thing is we also know how to repent and real quickly, don't we? And, and we're, we're arguing and Jordan's here, poor Jordan. He's just like, I'm just trying to move stuff. Please don't look at me. Don't look in the eye. We're here. He's just like, huh? he's like, Lord, get him. Get him away from me. <laughs> and finally Lana stops and she goes, you're just mad because you're actually sad because I'm getting married and I'm leaving and you're going to miss me. <laughs> and I burst out in a scream and I said, that's true. <laughs> and these guys can attest. And I said, let's just stop right here. Everything that we said was not of God. We're throwing it out. We repent, and we're not going to mention it again, and we're, we're going to go from here forward like it never happened because God threw it away because nothing that we said was true. And we did, didn't we? And we're all good. This was like a few weeks ago. But do you see how, like, even in that moment, we don't throw people away because you're angry with them or they do something they don't like or, or whatever it is. So that, was, I didn't, that wasn't in my notes, but that was just an extra, like, it's okay to work through relationships. Not everyone has to be your best friend, but we don't have to have anger and bitterness towards them, okay? So, all right. So I'm going to close here. Next week, we talked about, you know, the what and the who. Next week, we're going to talk who we are in Christ what he, and, and how we're supposed to live. How we actually, how can we do this? How, okay, we know what you said. We're saved by grace, not by works. How do we do that? And so we're going to learn that. Um, in Galatians, so that's going to be mostly 4 through 6, so if you're like, I would like to read ahead and just be prepared in that, you can do that, because sometimes when we're prepared with the word, and then you hear it, it just all of a sudden becomes this like revelation, doesn't it? So, well, let's just pray right now, and we'll close, so.